gotten on the interstate if you're a driver that you you get on the access road and you're you know you've got a, you're not you're not at high speed the minute you come out of your driveway now you're 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 starting at maybe 5 miles per hour and then there's a little bit of a transition as you get to going through the neighborhood and then then you get on the access road and you're you're ramping it up to 40 50 miles an hour and then you get on the highway and things begin to accelerate a bit more and then you're in the flow of traffic. That's what we sense today and I want you to be aware today as we continue in our topic on the Holy Spirit that you'll sense some things. Maybe as we begin talking about the Holy Spirit, there'll be some things that you're reminded of in your past, some things that you already have learned that will come up, maybe things you've forgotten that the the Lord will remind you of and then maybe there will be some new things, I hope so, because the things of God are so vast. There'll be some new things that come up and, and it'll be a little bit like that where you're, you're, you're transitioning, you're ramping up to get into the flow. And that's, that's the life we live. It's the way of the Spirit. Um, so I, I'm just excited to speak to you today and glad that you're here. Let's pray and just yield our hearts to the Lord and ask Him to speak to us personally. You know, He wants to speak to you a personal word for your situation and your circumstance, wherever you are in life. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come before your word. It is an honor. And so, Lord, we treat your word with great honor and respect, and we put it at the at the top of our lives. We prioritize your word as we listen, and we ask that your word would take deep root in our heart and become a part of our very fiber. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit and his role in our life. We talked about how he's our helper and our comforter. We're going to continue with that today. We talked about how there are many advantages to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, One of those being uh, the power to overcome difficult things in our lives, to overcome circumstances, to overcome great challenges. We talked about how the power of the Holy Spirit gives strength and fortitude and how it can give guidance, how it can give us power over addictions. So what advantages there are to being filled with the Holy Spirit? Then we talked about how it's important um, to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've been raised in a, a spirit-filled church, then um, or you've heard of the those terms before, you may have equated it with an experience. Um, and oftentimes people do that because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's often just um, maybe narrowed down in in teaching to the Acts two situation, the Acts two story, where we see that the Holy Spirit came. To in the New Testament church after Jesus, just let me know if I need to transition to the, to the handheld. I'll be glad to do that. Um, so in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit came into the earth after Jesus went into heaven, he ascended, he, he died on the cross, and then he ascended. And then the Holy Spirit came in power, and um, people that were in that prayer gathering there that day, they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So oftentimes, people will think, of the Holy Spirit, when they hear the the Spirit of God, the things of God, and they think about the term Holy Spirit, they often think of an experience. And we went to a place in Ephesians where um, Paul says that we should continually be filled with the Spirit and that it is not just a one-time experience, which is really important for us as Christians. Or we'll think, if we think it's an experience, if we think the things of God are an experience, we'll come in on a Sunday 
and think we did our thing. We'll, we'll check that list, right? And we think we're in a place that we're really not. So when we understand the dealings and the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not as an experience, so many things open up. Our lives can be completely changed when we think like that. So today, we're going to move into to some, some things regarding our lifestyle, how we live. We completed our time last week by talking about one way that we can continually be filled with the Spirit is to speak to ourselves. Again, this is out of Ephesians um, chapter 5, I think it's 17 or 18, where we speak to ourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. And um, that's how we are continually filled. That's how we stir ourselves up and live a lifestyle. Otherwise, we think, oh, you know, I just don't really feel the Holy Spirit in my life. It's not if, you know, aren't we glad that in our relationships with our children, I just don't feel like a parent today. We don't do that, do we? We say, you know what? It doesn't matter how I feel. I don't really feel married today. No, it's it's much more than that. I don't feel like an employee. Our lives would be just a muck if we said those things and thought like that. So neither are the things of the spirit. We don't come in and we say, you know, I just didn't feel the spirit today in church. And I wonder if that was, I wonder if the worship team was off or, you know, I, I wonder if maybe, maybe that just wasn't the word I needed to hear. Oftentimes it's us not recognizing the fact that we stir ourselves up, that there's an awareness of the things of God. We have to think in a spiritual way. You know, you are a three-part being. Um, God is three parts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and then he created you in his likeness where you are a three-part being. I have a graph for you today I wanted you to see. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. So that's how you were created. You know, oftentimes it can be confusing. If you're, maybe you're new to church um, and you're, you think, sometimes they talk about Jesus. Sometimes they talk about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they talk about God. What am I supposed to do all that with all that? Well, when you pray, Jesus gave us an example. Pray to the Father. In fact, Jesus said in, in John, um, I don't remember if it's 14, 15, or 16, but he said, um, pray to the Father. And then he also gave us a model uh, to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so he gave us a model to follow. You pray, you pray directly to Father. Heavenly Father, my Father, you pray directly to him. Now you can pray to Jesus too. Maybe you're thinking, what about Jesus? I love Jesus. Yes. You pray to Jesus. You can address Jesus as well. Um, and then the Holy Spirit always testifies and points back to Jesus. So you, you, you can pray things like, maybe you've heard these terms. Spirit of God, we welcome you in your, in this place. That's fine. But you'll never go wrong, and there'll always be uh, an, an energy on the inside. There'll be a, a yes on the inside. Does that make sense? A yes on the inside when you pray to Jesus, when you pray directly to the Father, Heavenly Father. So um, let, let's talk a little bit about how you are created. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in, in a body. And you need all those things. See, we need we need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus and, and, and we need the Heavenly Father. And you are created three parts. And it's really important that you understand you are a spirit. That's the core of you. You have a soul. You really need that. You need a mind, a will, and an emotions. Oftentimes people, they'll get aggravated the more they learn about the Holy Spirit and their own human spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in your human spirit at salvation. And so oftentimes people think, oh, you know, my mind, my will, and I, my emotions, I just get emotionally out of whack. And so they almost get aggravated. 
by thinking about the soul. That's part of you. You can't live down here. And your earth suit, which is your body, some people hate their body. They're just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I've got a spirit. I'm glad I'm spirit filled because I just hate my body. Oh no, no. You can't stay here without that. And you can't fully bring him glory in the earth. There's levels that we can even bring him glory in the earth through our bodies. Extremely important. Don't hate your body. Don't, you know, hate things about yourself where your physical body is concerned. It's a gift. It's the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that's important. And then the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you didn't have those things, you couldn't interact with people around you. That's how you really are in relationship. It's the way that you re- you relate to others is with your soul for the most part, through your mind, through your personality. Those things are in your soul realm. And then your spirit is the core of you, the real you, right? That's who who you really are, who God designed you to be, and it's the best part of you. Um, And what you want to do is you want to, you and I want to determine this. Um, First of all, we want to look at this, and and I just want to ask you a question. Which one of these is your control center? You see, people that don't know God, they haven't asked Jesus into their heart, their control center could be their, their body, or it could be that their whole life is controlled by their soul. What you and I want to do as Christians is we want to be spirit-led. We want to live where our spirit dominates the soul. We still have a soul. All of those things are so important. We have a body, but we're not led by our body, our senses. We're not led by our emotions. That's the goal, and those are the things that we're talking about so that we can be empowered to live to the fullest as Christians as we follow him. Let's look at John 14. 16 to 21, um, and then we're going to get started in our points for today. That was a little background from yesterday, or from last week, excuse me. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Don't you need those things? Certain days you may need a standby. You're, you're fearful, and you just need that that sense that the Holy Spirit is with you. He's your standby, that he may remain with you forever. So important for us to recognize we have those things in the Holy Spirit. Those are his roles in our life, those buried roles, that he can be our counselor. Another version of scripture says our teacher. You can have, you know, if you've ever been in situations where you didn't know what to do, maybe just this week, maybe yesterday, you didn't know what to do. He can be your teacher. He can be your guide. Let's go on to verse uh, 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. This is Jesus talking. Your your Bible might have the red letter edition. It says that he, Jesus said, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And he was referring to the Acts 2 situation, that, that circumstance and that prayer gathering where the Holy Spirit came after Jesus went to heaven. He said, it's good that I go away because the comforter will then live in you and he'll abide with you forever. Verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. So it's important for us to recognize the the working of the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is a term that, that might resonate with you. Listen to this. We want to be God inside minded. An awareness of God himself living inside us. 
by the person of the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you understand what I mean by awareness? Have you just been, ever had a situation where you've been going about your day and then maybe a few hours into the morning you recognize that you've been anxious? It's just kind of running in the background. Or you've been fearful. What if you and I could be aware of God in us? You know what often is a blockade to the awareness of God? Sin. Sin. It could be the way that we interact with people. Harshness. Rudeness. It, and we're what, what it is is there's a shame that comes over us when we interact that way with others because it's not how God created us. And so that shame or embarrassment will come and then we'll just go about our day and just continue. And anxiety, frustration, all of that. Let's be more and more aware of God inside us. And when those things do come, don't run from him. Don't run from him when you're, when you're, maybe your tongue gets out of whack and you're saying things you shouldn't say. You made a crazy decision. Just quickly repent. You see, if we're aware of our good, good father on the inside, we'll stop. Say, Lord, me, I got off track. Get me back right where I need to be. Give me wisdom and he'll help us with those things so that we can be more and more aware of God on the inside of us. Think about that. It's a key. We don't want to minimize that too much. If we're going about our, our, our lives on a regular basis and we don't think about him unless we're in church or unless we're sitting there reading our Bibles, then we're not practicing his presence. We're not practicing. We're, we're not becoming more and more sharp. You and I can sharpen ourselves in just the week ahead. Walking in the spirit more and more if we'll just be aware of it. You can train yourself. You've trained yourself in certain ways. You've trained yourself. Maybe you got up today before the alarm went off. You've trained yourself. Maybe you've, you've trained yourself in some things where food is concerned. And you, you like your morning coffee or something. You know, those, the ways that we train ourselves in life. You can, if I, as I'm talking about this, I don't want you to disqualify yourself. I could never just be aware of God all the time. You can practice it and get better and better and better at it. Just like you've practiced other things in your life. It's really not that difficult. Being aware of God inside us. All right, let's go a little further. I want to uh, read, I want to skip down to John uh, 14, 26 to 27. But the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit giving guidance and the Holy Spirit our peace those two things about the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit gives guidance. Remember at the beginning when we saw that diagram? The Holy Spirit gives guidance in our lives many times through our soul. It'll often it'll often start there, but we want to work more and more to where we're so aware of the Spirit that that's where it begins. And how does that work? Today when we are in worship, we begin to sing and we begin to verbalize. I want to submit to you today that there is an activation that takes place based on your words, based on the words that you say, when you sing, when you speak. Now, there are two ways that we can think about this. I want to think, I want you to think about your prayer life. 
in your prayer life, when you pray and you're maybe you run out of things to say after a few minutes or whatever, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you is in prayer. And he's going to do that based on the words that you use. Did you know that you are praying according to the will of God, according to the spirit of God, when you pray scripture or when you pray in tongues? So if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and anybody here today can can choose to make that choice, it's not, not any big deal. It's a choice that we make to follow the Lord and ask him. Jesus said, you can ask the, you can ask the Father anything and he'll give you all good gifts. He won't, if we ask him for an egg, I believe it says he won't give us a snake. No, he's a father that gives good gifts. And so Jesus said, so ask for the Holy Spirit and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. So think about that. You can ask, Holy Spirit, come into my life. I want you activated in my life. I want you living and operating in my life on a regular basis. And the way that that we connect with God, the way that our spirit connects with his spirit, spirit to spirit, your spirit to his spirit, is by praying. Did you know you can even be praying in English and be praying in the spirit? You can pray in your known language and it be a spirit-led prayer right? That Think about how that makes sense to you. If I just start uh, talking in syllables up here today, um, some people might say, I wonder if she's speaking in tongues. I may be, but I could do that and be in a total wrong spirit, couldn't I? I could do that in, in, a, in a way to show off, or I could do that in a way to, I don't know, there could be all manner of motivation. So you can be praying in the spirit, praying in your known language. We have people in our church there, uh, first language is Portuguese. We have other people in our church there, First language is Spanish. So maybe you've had a conversation before with this is a reality. Think about it. Have you ever had an inspired conversation with someone that when you left, you just felt like, wow. You felt taller on the inside. I like that. You felt, maybe you felt a little bit more, you, you felt smarter. You felt more courageous than you did before. Inspired conversations. You see, as we allow the Holy Spirit into our lives, it's just amazing what he can do. You see, you can pray in the Spirit, pray according to the Spirit, based on your connection with him. Now, what the way that we often ramp this up, the way that we often get get that sense of energy, I'm just using that word because it, it's clear to us, that sense of happiness, that sense of joy is oftentimes it'll be by praying, starting in prayer, singing, worshiping. Maybe today you, you, you sat here today and you didn't actually worship, but you watched everybody. That's completely different. In fact, John and Lisa both said things today about giving voice to the spirit of God. So you may have listened. You may have looked around and thought, I like the way they're worshiping. That didn't mean you worship though. See, you only worshiped if you lifted your voice. You might think, well, I hear what she's saying, but I attend worship service every week and I don't feel really all that, that spiritual. No, no. It's giving voice. I want to give you a, a reference to that. In Genesis 1, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says that darkness covered the face of the earth. And God said, it says also that I had that verse there, Genesis 1, 1. You got that? I don't want to paraphrase if I can get it exactly right here. So in Genesis 1-1, the, the Bible references the fact that the Spirit was there at creation. The Holy Spirit, it says the Spirit of God, hovered on the face of the waters. So the, the earth was covered with water. The Spirit of God hovered on the face of, of the sea. And God said, 
said, let there be light, and there was light. See, the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit may have been here in our worship service, and you were just there, and you you watched. Or you've been in services before, you you watched from start to finish. Being Spirit-led, being led by the Spirit has to do with us cooperating with Him and giving voice. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Was the Spirit of God there in the beginning? Yes. And God said, it was not until God spoke and gave voice Holy Spirit then begin to operate. And that's how the Holy Spirit operates in your life. So maybe you're thinking there today, well, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit at one time. I had an experience. Well, we're talking about giving voice on a regular basis to the Spirit of God in your life. You and I have to yield to Him. We have to decide, yes, I'm going to give voice in worship. I'm going to say things that that are in agreement with God's word. When we do that, that's why we want to be students of his word. That's why we want to come on. That's why we want to read our Bibles throughout the week. We're getting that language of the spirit on the inside so that we can give voice. I have information for you and you're going to be familiar with this. We will give voice to the things in our lives. Want this system to work in our favor. It can work for us. It can work. Such a vocabulary of things to speak. Now you don't have You only have to know a voice of my son use the hand. Thank y'all. I appreciate your help back there. We got a new sound system, yay. Just trying to trying to figure out how to use it. <laughs> All right. So we are give what we want to do is we want to give voice to the things of God. And we must choose. We must choose or we'll give voice to other things. Complaining. We'll give voice to our own aggravations. And there's power in that, let me tell you. There is power in that, and we don't want that. That power operating in our lives. Does that sound mystical? It shouldn't. Has anybody ever said something to you and the words just landed like a rock on the inside? That you're, you See, we're more spiritual than we think we are. So oftentimes the things of the spirit, people think, oh, all that's confusing. No, it's not. It's happening all around us. We just want to be aware of it so that we can operate in agreement with the things of God. So... I want to move on and talk about something that can be a hindrance to the spirit-led life. One of the main things God wants to do in your life and in mine, one great, great privilege is to be led by him on a regular basis. Now, again, we, we talked about how we give voice to his word. Remember, just speaking, there's power in speaking. In fact, if you don't give voice to things, even minor things, you can't open a bank account without giving voice. You, you know, you, you can't order from a menu this afternoon without using words. But what if we understood the deeper levels of giving voice to the things of God? In your prayer time, what you want to do is you want to, to seek to pray in your known language. Start by praying scripture. 
When John preaches on Sundays, you want to highlight one or two things that you can go home and preach to yourself, that you can go home and pray to yourself, that you can pray over. And then when you run out of something to say, begin to yield to the Holy Spirit and ask him to pray through you. When you don't know what to pray any longer, you can go over, switch over, pray in tongues. Now, you'll have to do this by faith. If you've been waiting and you've said things like, well, if I ever pray in tongues, It'll be the Holy Spirit. It won't be me. Well, then you're saying the Holy Spirit needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul said, I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my understanding. So as we move into this, how he guides us, he will pray with you. He'll pray through you. You just have to yield to those things. And why don't we? Why don't we? Oftentimes it goes back to that condemnation. We don't feel like we're leaving, living as we should. Here's the thing. We're getting the cart before the horse when we do that. Your lifestyle will work itself out as you walk in the Spirit. Do you remember in Galatians? Paul said, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Selfishness, greed, irritation, all of those things that, that, we, that are visible. Um, so we walk in the spirit. We choose to walk in the spirit. And we won't walk according to those other things. So if you've been dealing with your things in your life and you're thinking, Gwen, I could never walk in the spirit like you're, you're talking about. I could never speak in tongues in my prayer life. I want you to lift the lid in your life. I want you to think differently because when you begin to do these things, you're not going to be creepy weird, by the way. Is that okay? You're not going to be creepy, strange, and weird. We're talking about what you do in your prayer life. You don't have to come in here and start speaking in tongues to each other. That's strange. You don't want to do that. In fact, Paul corrected people in the New Testament. He talked to them about speaking in tongues to each other. And then he gave them rules for engaging um, and, and operating in the Spirit in a church setting. But I'm talking about you by yourself. And so we want to be so filled with His Spirit. And we get to decide how filled we are. We get to decide. We get to decide each day. How much of him do I want in my life? How much do I want to yield to him? Do I want his guidance? Do I want his strength? Many times people will say, I wish I was as strong as that person. Or I wish I could be. And they're pointing to all these people that they think are so, so spiritual. These things are just exercised. These things just develop. You can be as Maybe it's your pastor you're looking at and you're thinking, he's an amazing man of God. Well, he is, but so are you. You can be as filled with the Spirit as any spiritual leader you know. And it starts by giving voice. In your prayer life, yield to him. Pray scripture and pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit in both of those things. Um, I started to tell you about some uh, hindrances. Um, so I want to continue with that. First of all, one of the keys to having the spiritual things work in your life, spiritual things, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are fruit, effects of the Holy Spirit. When we're talking about the Spirit-led life, if we don't have those things, people can say, you know, I'm Spirit-filled. Do you have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control? That's what we want to see. You know, people can say all kinds of things. I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I've been saved 45 years. I can quote half the New Testament. 
How do we know that someone is truly operating, yield, yielded according to the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the evidences that he's operating in our lives. And that helps me. That helps me. Otherwise, if I think it's by that person that they're having some mystical experience. Or, what if they talk about all these dreams and visions that they're getting? You know, and I've never had a dream and vision. Walking by the Spirit is a lot more practical than it is spectacular. But that's good. That's good. I, I need to know what to do with my job. I don't need to just float about six inches off the ground. I mean, that could be interesting for a bit, but I need to know some things. I need to know what to do when I have conflict. And so here is one of the, the major things we want to watch. None of these things will work in our lives. They might, we might have an experience. We might begin to, to see the Lord do some amazing things in our lives. But strife, strife, I'm going to take you to Scripture. Strife is a major blockade to walking in the things of the Spirit. And you want to avoid it at all costs. So let's, let's think about this. Now, again, you, you may hear me. We're talking about the things of the Spirit, and it all goes together. You may be able to quote a, a large portions of Scripture. You may be able to speak in tongues. Maybe you speak in tongues half a day. Or, or whatever, you know, maybe you laid hands on someone once and they got healed. Any of those things. But if you're living and walking with strife, you're, you're, a, you're a person of strife, it's going to hinder the things of the Spirit in your life. I want to take you to James 3.17 to qualify what we're talking about here. James 3.17 says this, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. So the wisdom that is from, from above, what would you think? The things of God, spiritual things. The wisdom from above, let's recognize what that looks like. What are you and I thinking about right now? In relation to what I just said with strife, this is completely opposite. You Watch, this is completely opposite, strife. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. If I had my hard copy Bible, that would be highlighted right there. There's times to write in your Bible when the Lord is speaking to you and you want to go back to certain things and study them out. The wisdom of God is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Some versions say, I think it's the King James Version that says, easy to be entreated. What would that say to you and me? Easy to talk to. Are you, hard, are you ever hard to talk to? People are like, I don't know if I can share that with him now, walking on eggshells. Remember, we're talking about what does the spirit field look like? Life look like? What does it look like? Day in, day out. Willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality. Without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I just read to you a few minutes ago from John 14, where Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. The second thing I want us to know, not only does the Holy Spirit guide us in life, but he gives peace. And those two things go together. He'll guide you by his peace. The Holy Spirit will never guide you in anxiety. You may have had some anxiety this week. You may have had uh, anxiety that was 
of your own making, just thoughts coming to your head. It could have been anxiety brought on by a circumstance or brought on by other people. So you will have situations where strife comes. So what would you and I do? We'd want to be aware of it and not make decisions based on strife, anxiety, pressure. Ladies and gentlemen, are we living in a pressure zone or not? And the world we're living in, it is high pressure. You and I must be led by peace in order to be led by his spirit. He is a God of peace and he'll lead by peace. So we may have two types of, of people. Some that push and prod because it gets things done sometimes. But that's not the leading of the spirit. So you and I as Christians, we don't want to operate in that. Don't be party to that. Step out as soon as you can. Get your head clear. And don't be pushed by peace. We are called to follow peace. And we are called to make peace. We are called to peace. That's one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life. So what do you do when you're in a situation and you know you must make a decision? If there's angst, if there's pressure, step back. You remember the scripture that says, be still and know that I'm God. Oftentimes, we've got to dial it back, get by ourselves, get in a place of peace. And what does that take? Patience. That's not a very popular word, is it? Patience. To be patient in order to be in a place of peace. I encourage you. I implore you. Be led by the peace of God in your life. I mean, if it's if it's going to the grocery store. Remember how I talked about just being aware of his spirit? Now, I, I go to the grocery store all the time, and I don't stop and pray. But I want to be so open that the Lord can stop me and say, not now. Wait a few minutes. You know, oftentimes there are things that happen in our world like mass shootings, things like that. Remember, some of you were around when the Twin Towers were bombed. Did you know when the Twin Towers were bombed, there was a man that lived pretty close to the Twin Towers, and he worked there. And he was on his way. He, I've heard his testimony. He's a spirit-filled guy. And he was headed to work like normal. He had some flexible hours in his schedule. So here he was. He was, he was headed to work. And he felt like the Holy Spirit said to him, before you go to work, take your daughter to breakfast. Take it slow today. And he did. He's alive today and has a testimony. You see, the Holy Spirit and his leading can be so practical. Don't say that. Say this. Don't say anything. Yet, you know, don't say anything. Or maybe never give voice to that. Whatever. He can guide us in those things, but we have to be acquainted with peace. If we're just, uh, my, my, I, I grew up with this term sometimes. Don't be a bull in a china closet. My mother would often use that term. She had some, uh, my, my kids say Gloria-isms. Things that she says that are just, they just capsulate a bit of wisdom. We don't want to be a bull in a china closet where we just make things happen. Oftentimes there'll be a little bit of a, Energy in that because, uh, I don't know, it's negative energy, but we feel better when we're done, but the people around us are mowed over, or it's exhausting at, in the atmosphere afterward. There is some energy and discipline that is, must be applied to live and walk 
as people of peace. Oftentimes people see it as a lazy. They'll see it as, as a lazy thing to be a, a person of peace. No. If you've ever tried to, to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, you know, we're, we're in a circumstance right now, there's a lot going on in the political realm. So I'm not talking about just going with the flow on anything. Whatever happens, happens. No, that is laziness. But that we make sure that we're being led by peace. Oftentimes in a, a world that has such conflict, there won't be peace out there, but there can be peace in here. And we can make our decisions, even in a world of turmoil, our decisions can be those that are only made by peace, only made with a level of peace. People are often money-led. Well, I'm going to go to that job because it's obviously 50 cents more an hour. We don't want to be led just by money. Does the Lord want you to relocate for an hour away or 30 minutes down the road for 50 cents an hour? People of God want to be led by the Spirit of God in every avenue of life. There's such freedom in it. Such freedom in being led by His Spirit. I'm so encouraged that Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. Not as the world gives. How do they give peace? It's only peaceful if things are going rosy. The world's type of peace is peace if everything lines up. If I like the way things are going, then there's peace. That, that sounds like a controlling spirit, doesn't it? A controlling spirit. That's how the world gives peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let your heart be afraid. We ought to be the coolest, calmest, most peaceful, most joy-filled people in the world. It will bring him more and more glory. You will shine like a light in a very dark world. People ought to come into your area and just sense peace. That's the way it was with Jesus. People wanted to be around him. People were comfortable. Not the religious people that were trying to manipulate, trying to get the crowds to follow them. But you and I can be those people that inhabit the very presence of God, that we walk in his spirit. You can be guided by his spirit and guided by peace. I want to pray over you. John, you want to get ready to close out? Father, I just thank you for our time together today. I thank you that you have taught us in your word that we can be led by your spirit. We can be led by peace. Lord, I just thank you that even though we live in a troubled world, we do not have to be guided and pressured and make decisions based on all of the problems and trouble in the world, but we can be led by you and have a higher level of wisdom and knowledge. So I ask you, Lord, to just help us to continue in your spirit, to walk in your ways. I thank you, Lord, that you have good, good things for your children, that you want to open up new paths. I pray over that one today. Someone in the room today that is seeking for an answer to a situation that seems to have no answer. I pray for clarity right now. Spirit of God, I ask that you would just give a, a, a word 
an answer in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for, for that person today that has, has a health issue in their body. I pray that you would just minister your word of wisdom right now to them, that they'll know what to do in changing their diet. Thank you. Thank you that you lead us by your spirit. Father, I pray for the person here today that is looking for direction at work, that things are a little bit confused. They're not sure what the next step is. I pray for clarity right now in the name of Jesus, that you would give them a picture in their mind what the next step should be regarding work. Father, I just am so grateful to you that you are a God that will lead and direct our lives in practical ways. We can be led by your spirit. I thank you for that in Jesus' name.